And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome back, everyone. This is Arthur Staple. You're listening to No Sleep Till Belmont, the Islanders podcast from The Athletic. Well, it's free agency period. Um, the Islanders haven't actually signed any NHL free agents yet as we record here on Tuesday afternoon. I'll keep my phone handy in case something changes. Um, so nothing official yet. They have made a big trade. Uh, so we'll break down the departure of Devon Taves, which happened on Monday, um, and what that means for their roster if there's no other big changes coming. Um, and then later on, we'll go into what's kind of rumored, been on the rumor mill, and uh, we'll see what's going on with that. And then at the end, we'll see what kind of the prescriptions are for any changes uh, I feel like they might need. Um because there's still a lot of decent players available in free agency in this very weird free agency period to go along with the weird year and the weird 2020 for the whole world. Uh, why should the NHL be any different in terms of the the free agent frenzy? Um, so we'll get right into it now. Devon Taves, who was a restricted free agent, one of the three the Islanders have that were kind of central to some of their success last year, Um Dealt on Monday to the Avalanche for a second-round pick next year and a second-round pick in 2022. Um, and as far as the market goes, you know, in a vacuum, it's not a bad return. You know, the teams that need to dump salary uh, who are giving up players that are useful for them uh, have brought back pretty uh, meager returns. I think right after um, the Taves trade, Vancouver, uh, Vegas rather, uh, announced the signing of Alex Petrangelo and then uh, had to make a commensurate move. And their move was to trade Nate Schmidt, who's been a, a top four defenseman for them since their inauguration as a team, out to Vancouver for a third round pick. Um, Columbus had dumped some salary in trading Ryan Murray to the Devils for a fifth round pick. Uh, I think you saw the Leafs move some salary around by trading Andreas Janssen, um, who's a youngish guy, the way like Taves, for not much of a return also to the Devils. Um, so, you know, in that context, not a bad move. Uh, you know, I think from the avalanche side, even if we don't care too much about that, um, it's a great move for them because Taves is, is a player who seems to fit very well with what the Avs do. They play with a lot of speed, a lot of tempo, uh, a lot of getting up the ice quick in transition. And I think Devon Taves will help them with that. From the Islanders' perspective, you know, I think in hearing from Lou Lamorello, uh, on Monday after the trade, uh, he was very careful and pointed in saying, obviously, the cap crunch had a lot to do with it. Taves uh, and Ryan Pollock both filed for arbitration uh, at the end of last week. And not knowing what sort of arbitration award would come out for Taves, I think they were more secure about maybe their negotiations with Ryan Pollock to avoid arbitration. And obviously, Matthew Barzell is another RFA, not arbitration eligible, but they're negotiating with him as well, I'm sure. Uh, and those are kind of the two big, bigger name guys. And I think with Taves, who who is finishing was finishing a deal where he made seven hundred thousand dollars last year, and and 
was second on the Islanders in points among defensemen with 28 in the regular season, tied with Pollock for 10 points in the playoffs, even though he struggled, I think, towards the end against Philly and Tampa. Um, still 10 points for a defenseman in 22 games in the playoffs uh, shows that you're a player. So I think uh, there was definitely some concern uh, that negotiations weren't close, that an arbitration award could come in anywhere between three and four million, which really would cause some problems cap wise. And I think, um, you know, Lou said it quite plainly that this was not a guy they were looking to trade. And and uh, I had posted a story Monday morning when when they had an incredibly quiet first three days of free agency, not even no signings, one minor trade of swapping restricted free agents, also with the avalanche. I think you saw that the things that the Islanders needed to do, which was shed a contract or two of the likes of Johnny Boychuk or Andrew Ladd or Leo Komarov, um, that wasn't happening. There just wasn't, uh, they didn't have enough assets to move to go with one of those contracts. Uh, teams were asking probably for their 2021 first rounder to go with, say, a Boychuk trade. So this was, uh, this was definitely a plan B. Um, Taves is a good player. He's been a consistent top four defenseman for them uh, pretty much since he got called up in the middle of uh, 2018-19. So, you know, this is uh, this is part of the the flat cap hell and part of the the salary cap situation that the Islanders were headed into. You know, and even if the cap went up by, let's say, three million or two and a half million to 84 million, they would have had room to keep all their guys, but they wouldn't have had room to do a whole lot else. Um, So, you know, Lamarello is is banking on Noah Dobson filling a lot of the the roles, especially power play role that that Taves filled. Um, and they are comfortable, I guess, or or you know, resigned to the fact that this was a move they had to make to get some of those assets back. And what they'll do with those picks? Um, will they turn around and package both of those second rounders with Johnny Boychuk to go to a team that uh, is willing to take on Boychuk's $6 million cap hit, whether that's a Jersey, Ottawa, there's not that many teams left. Um, you know, I think, uh, after the weekend, it was, it was more concerning to look at say a cap friendly and see the cap space dwindling on all these other teams without them having really moved anybody. Um, you know, Ottawa is still below the cap floor, but they still have some RFAs to sign. So you you start to get you know, you're not too concerned about throwing uh, bad money after after bad for the Islanders in terms of making a big splash in free agency, but more concerned about who's you know where can you where can you dump off a bad contract now? It's um, it's getting harder and harder to do that with with fewer cap dollars available, even for the teams that don't have complete rosters right now. So. Um, it was definitely a situation where, um, you know, Lou Lamarillo clearly felt they had to make this move. Uh, it lessens their top four uh, in, a, in a certain way. You know, I, I'd heard from a couple sources, and I've certainly put it out there a lot, and it's certainly been suggested a lot just because it's a natural thing to wonder about about Nick Letty with two years left on his deal, no trade protection, um, whether he was the guy that going to be moved. And, and I've been told quite adamantly he is not getting moved. Barry Trotz loves the guy. And I think um, the way that he played in the playoffs makes them feel that he can also be the one to step in and, and fill that, that kind of second left defenseman role behind Adam Pellick, pair with Scott Mayfield. He could even pair with Andy Green, and we'll talk about him more in a little bit. If he's coming back, he's currently still an unrestricted free agent. Um, 
So when you have Letty and you have Taze, I think the the assumption all along, um, and it's the way the NHL works these days, is that you you want to keep the younger, cheaper guy and try to find a, a home for the older guy because you just want to set the clock back, not only in terms of age, but in terms of dollars. And they're very similar in what they do. Um, but I think with the unknowns of an arbitration award or poor negotiations, perhaps a better return for a guy who's going to make less somewhere else in terms of Taves versus Letty. That was the move they made. So um, I guess the one advantage is the Islanders are deep on defense and they can probably absorb this if they give Noah Dobson a little bit more responsibility, whether he's the the third pair right defenseman um, and a top power play guy. You know, I think uh, I think they're high enough on Noah Dobson to, to feel like they can absorb this blow. But it was a blow because Taves has been a really good player for them these last couple of years. So um, that was the big move on Monday. There were a couple of small signings that were announced. Uh, their own RFAs, Grant Hutton and Mitch Van Desample, re-signed um, both two-way deals. Those guys are going to be in the AHL whenever we get an AHL season. Uh, they brought in Austin Zarnick, uh, an undrafted 27-year-old um, former NCAA player from Miami of Ohio, who's been in the Bruins and Flames organizations. Um, second year of that two-year deal is, is one way. So presumably he could be uh, someone who plays a bottom six role going forward, but uh, again, more depth. Um, and Lou Lamarillo didn't uh, say outright, but uh, did essentially confirm our Pierre Lebrun's reporting that Corey Schneider, the former Devils goalie uh, who was bought out last week, will be joining the Islanders on a one-year deal for $700,000, which is very much a prove-it league minimum type situation. Uh, Schneider's 34, by all accounts, one of the good guys in the game. Uh, Lou basically said as much. He's been in contact with Schneider since he's been bought out. Uh, he wants to resurrect his career, and he'll work with Mitch Korn and Piero Greco and Chris Terreri, presumably be the AHL number one. Uh, next year. And that may seem like a big come down for a guy who um, Lamar- when Lamarillo was the devil's GM gave up the ninth overall pick to get back in 2013. I remember it well because the Islanders were interested in trading for Corey Schneider as well. I believe they offered Nino Niederreiter straight up to Vancouver. Vancouver chose that ninth overall pick, which became Bo Horvat, who's now their captain, probably the better choice. Uh, but Schneider was a, a devil's mainstay for a while. Um, injuries have kind of set him back in the last few years. So um, the buyout came, chance to to kind of build himself back up with with a program that's known for resurrecting some goalie careers. I think Robin Leonard can probably help say that as well. Um, so, you know, and a, and a reliable name to have as your number three and a fully a, a contract that can be fully buried in the AHL without uh, any concerns of it coming against the cap. So um, that signing still hasn't made, been made official, and neither has Andy Green signing, although Lou also said that there's a strong chance that Green will be back, which I think we can read between the lines and say he's almost certain to come back. And that, um, if it's also on a one-year team-friendly deal, is, is, a, is a good situation, softens the blow a little bit for Taves because Green and Noah Dobson were a fantastic pair in the phase three return to play training camp back in July. And maybe they can recapture that when we get started, whether it's December or January. Um, and having a green Dobson third pair probably makes things uh, look pretty good for the Islanders. I think the balance will still be there. If you have Pelic and Pollock as your top pair, Letty and Mayfield as your second pair or third pair, green Dobson, second or third pair, green played well on his offside with Letty. If that needs to happen, um, they got options, and they've also still got some depth as well. So 
Um, we'll see where the where that takes them uh, uh, when things are officially announced. But uh, for now, still still in the rumor phase. But uh, but Taves is gone. They've got some assets, and we'll see what they can do with them. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So, um... As we said, the the we we call them still rumors, as as uh, Lou put them. But uh, Schneider is signed. Andy Green is almost certainly signed. Uh, Matt Martin and Derek Broussard are still out there, and Tom Kunakal as the the Islanders' unrestricted free agents. We'd be remiss in men- not mentioning Thomas Grice, um, long-serving Islander, one B, sometimes one A, sometimes clear number one goalie in his five years uh, with the Islanders. Leaves is, uh, I think, ranked fifth all-time in wins for goalies with the Islanders with 101. Um, sixth in shutouts uh, in net for two series-clinching wins, one in 2016 against the Panthers, and then the Game 7 shutout he had against the Flyers to get the Islanders to the Eastern Conference final. Um, pretty uh, A pretty well-decorated uh, Islander career for him, for someone who came in as a clear backup uh to Yara Halak back in 2015. And um, yeah, it, uh, you know, Grice leaves for Detroit two years, 3.6 million per uh, a raise over, uh, you know, what was considered to be a pretty generous three-year deal at 3.3 that Garth Snow signed Grice to right before, you know, the year before um, the the changeover to, from Snow to Lou Lamorello. Um, and I think Grice will do well in Detroit. Uh, it's not a team that's going to succeed very much next season, but um, he's a guy who, who I think, knew, you know, statistically, it's it's shown that he thrives with a lot of work. Um, he's going to get a lot of work. It's not a very deep defense there in Detroit. Um, and I think for two years, you know, if he gets through this coming season and then the following season, could be a guy who ends up being a you know a trade deadline move or Detroit. We'll start to put it back together and and be a team on the rise. So, um, you know, good for him. Um, he served the Islanders well for five years, and uh, it'll be uh, it'll be sad not to have him around on a personal level. I've never met a European-born player who knows his English cliches as well as Thomas Grice. Um, and I it's and it's not complaining by any means. I always would privately marvel at him that he could be boring in two languages. It's uh, it's a real skill. Trust me. Um, you know, in, in hockey, sometimes we, as reporters, we benefit from guys uh, who don't, who's in, who don't have English as a first language. And uh, they're sometimes a little more candid than they mean to be uh, when they're speaking English. 
but Thomas was not one of those guys. He knew he knew his bad cliches. He knew how to dull things down. He knew how to not say – he would sometimes talk and not say anything, and that was the way that he wanted it. So uh, um, he's somebody else's problem on that front now. But um, as far as the other uh, Islanders UFAs go, you know, haven't heard too much about Matt Martin. Um, you know, I think the forward market and certainly the same with Derek Broussard, very slow-moving forward market. Um especially for depth guys like that. I think, uh, you know, you saw Kyle Clifford, who's a similar guy to Martin, sign in St. Louis. Uh, I sort of wonder if Martin is really looking to leave the tri-state area as a guy who's got a, very strong ties to Long Island with his wife. They have a new baby. Um, you know, there was definitely some talk, and I'm sure it was uh, hopeful talk that the Rangers might take an interest. But uh, from what I understand, there's been zero conversation with the Rangers and his camp. Um, I think it seems right now, if it's not the Islanders, it would have to be something that's uh, not a preferred destination for him. And I do wonder if the Islanders have extended a, a, an offer that that Martin's camp feels is really competitive. Um, you know, they're, they're still dealing with a limited budget until they make this Boychuk trade. And even after that, the, the big dollars that they have reserved in-house are going to go to Barzal and Pollock. So uh, for Martin and Broussard, if they're willing to take team-friendly deals, and whether that means a million bucks or a million and a half or even less than a million, um, it's uh, you've seen some, some different sort of offers out there these days. And um, when you're an over 30 bottom six forward, uh, I don't think it's a good time to be a free agent. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what's to come with those two guys. Um, and now that we look at what the Islanders have, we kind of went over what their defense would look like if nothing else changes, uh, provided that they do they do find a home for Johnny Boychuk. Um, you know, you you start to when you're wondering about the the Barzal and and Pollock situations. I think we'd speculated last week that Barzal. If it's going to be around $7 million per on a short-term two- or three-year deal, that makes a lot of sense. Pollock, the closer you get to arbitration, the more locked in that number is. It's shorter, but if they can go longer, it's certainly going to be over $5 million. It could get closer to 6 if it's a longer-term deal. And right now, uh, you know, trading Taves doesn't free up any cap space because he was a restricted free agent. So there's still around, just under $9 million in cap space. Um, a Boychuk trade, getting rid of that entire cap, $6 million cap hit, obviously would give them a lot of comfort um, but even at that, you know, if Barzal and Pollock come in, say at 12 million combined, um, you know, you, you're looking at Boychuk six plus about nine, 15 million, it still doesn't leave you a whole lot. Um, and I imagine that offering Johnny Boychuk around the league, uh, will possibly be an impediment to the Islanders trying to bury his contract or bury him on long-term injured reserve when when push comes to shove just because if you've been offering him in a trade he better be healthy or else you're in trouble so I'm curious to see if Johnny Boychuk is still on the roster when we get close to training camp what happens with that um, I think Andrew Ladd you know, it, the fact that we're not even talking about him and, and optimistically people were, you know, myself included, were wondering if the Islanders could move that deal. And that feels so, so much more immovable now um, when you look at some of the deals that were made to to shed salary, useful players, assets attached that were pretty generous. Um, I would have to think that if the Islanders were going to be, be at all in a conversation about moving Andrew Ladd, their first round pick next year would would have to be on the table. It might even be more than that. 
Um, you know, there's teams that are just not willing to take on these contracts that are completely buyout proof like LADS is, even if there's not a lot of cash owed. Um, the teams at the bottom end of the, the closer to the salary cap floor, just, um, you know, it's not the old days like it was, presuming that the cap will go up and up and up. You can see a team like Arizona that took on Marion Hosa's uh, cap hit several years ago. They're they're capped out already, and they're not a team that's had a ton of a big run of success. They're changing general managers. They're shedding salary. They're shedding actual dollars. Um, it's uh, it's a bit of a mess in Arizona, and that and that is you know kind of the mess you can get into. And and it, presuming that the the cap will keep going up and taking on bad contracts, and it, just figuring that there'll be the, those four or five bottom feeding teams that are willing to take on the cap hit in exchange for assets. Maybe there'll be one or two left, but it feels like Andrew Ladd's contract is. Uh, is definitely not one of those right now. So if he's looking at an LTIR stint, then maybe that gives him a little bit more, the Islanders more breathing room. Um, but I think to just bring back as close to what they had uh, in their Eastern Conference final run just last month is going to take a lot of, a lot more maneuvering than what we've seen so far from the Islanders. And, uh, you know, right now, if you factor in some of their restricted free agents, um, they're right at 35 contracts out of the 50 contract maximum. And I think you're going to see teams well below that. Um, you know, the teams that maybe when the AHL season starts, just have 18 guys in an AHL roster or 20 guys in an AHL roster or guys that are in the AHL that are on, uh, two-way AHL ECHL deals um, to round out a roster. It's just not a not a time to be spending excess money the way the Islanders did in a big way when Lou Lamarillo first came in. They had a lot of veteran AHL guys. Uh, they had both of Ray Bork's sons. They had um, a couple other veteran guys. Steve Bernier was still there. Steven Gianta was still there. Colin McDonald's come back came back last year. It's going to be a tough one to for those guys to find some deals. Um, so I don't think that, I think the depth is going to be very young. Uh, and when you, the signing of Austin Zarnick kind of shows that, um, I, I think the Islanders are, are concerned that they're not going to have a lot of those kind of quad a, you know, AHL tweener, AHL, NHL guys that you can call up pretty easily. So, uh, it's, it's a very different, uh, unprecedented time. And um, it's moving very slowly, which I guess is a benefit to the Islanders because they are also moving very slowly as we get here uh, through this free agency period with, uh, with still some, some onerous uh, cap implications for the Islanders. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Um, of the guys that are left on the free agent market that might help the Islanders, you know, the, the thing that they were missing the most, I think, was was kind of a more bona fide top nine scorer on the wing. Um you know, and, and if there's something to be done with Leo Komarov's contract, uh, Pollock filing for arbitration and whatever contract he gets, if it's over $4 million per year, it opens up a second buyout window for the Islanders. And, and Komarov's contract may be one that you'd buy out, not just to get the cap room, which it doesn't give you a whole lot of, but more to let the player go because you're not really going to be able to move him um, and have this, have a have that third line wing spot next to Jean-Gabriel Pajot be a little bit more available kind of guy that they'd be looking to fill that. I mean, Mike Hoffman is still out there. He's not really a third line guy, but they could maybe do some shuffling if they wanted to add his offense and his power play ability. Um, You know, Taylor Hall signing for one year and 8 million as the top forward on the market didn't really set off a whole chain reaction of events because it was such a unique signing. And he signed with the Sabres, a team that no one would have thought he would have signed with. So uh, it's um, I, I don't think it's it's shaken the leaves quite so much that it's a it's a real buyer's market. I think a guy like Tyler Toffoli, Islanders could never have gone to four years with him. The Canadians could. They got a good value contract at four point two five per. Same with the Bruins, three years, three point one million per for Craig Smith, the guy who kills the Islanders. Um, I think the Islanders did express some some general initial interest, but. The, the cap room wasn't there. So there goes another potential third line guy. So I think you're looking at rather than guys like Anthony Duclair or Andreas Athanasiu, younger guys who maybe are looking for bigger payouts or longer term. I think you're looking more in the veteran one to two year range. I think a guy like Carl Soderberg who had a nice bounce back year in Arizona last year. He's 35. Um, you know, I think could be a, a Val Filpola type signing for them as a guy who kills penalties and produces some offense, can play some power play, versatile up through up around all around through that top nine. Uh, I think if you put him on the on a line with Pajot, uh, that's probably a pretty good checking line fit. Um, so that's kind of the the guys you're thinking of. I think Alex Galchenyuk is a guy who's still out there. I don't know that the Islanders have shown much interest. He's more on a reclamation project, only 26, one-time 30-goal scorer for the Canadians. Um, so we'll see. Uh, you know, Mikhail Granlund is out there as a guy who's played center and wing, um, maybe a bit smaller than the Islanders would like uh, as far as some of their bottom six wingers, but uh, certainly has some skill. And then maybe a guy like Eric Halla, if they can get him on a cheap deal, bounced around a little bit the last few years. Vegas, Carolina, Florida, but uh, guy can win faceoffs, kills penalties. You're looking for roles, really, not necessarily the biggest name possible. So uh, you know, roles are super important to Barry Trotz. Uh, I think they they have their top six pretty well set. Um, so if they can get a versatile veteran who can start off at, on that third line and maybe bounce around a little bit as needed, kind of like what Derek Broussard did. Then, uh, and it could still be Derek Broussard, but uh, I think it, it's that type of guy that they'd be looking to plug in with their meager cap space and uh, and not really looking much beyond a one-year deal. So uh, we wait uh, a little bit more to see if there's anything else happening, whether it's a Johnny Boychuk trade, maybe another trade, um, contracts for Matthew Barzell and Ryan Pollock. 
big free agent signings, I don't know what would qualify, but uh, like I said, if they, if they add one more forward, that would be uh, that would make the most sense to me. And then we wait to see what happens with the NHL and the world at large, whether uh, a January 1 target start date that Gary Bettman uh, announced last week is possible, um, whether they push that back, whether we have a season, what kind of season it'll look like, um, you know, sort of a regional modified bubble where uh, the Islanders, Rangers, and Devils are maybe kind of in a northeast corridor type situation, travel around by bus or train to to play the Bruins, uh, the Sabres, uh, maybe the Capitals, Flyers, teams like Penguins, teams like that five or six times to get through half a season. And then hopefully uh, the pandemic is starting to wane and uh, they can maybe have fans in the stands and, and finish off a season. So, um, But we are finished, I think, with the 2019-20 season. It's been a, a wild ride since we started uh, back – just about a year ago, I think, even a little bit more, um, and uh, had lots of great guests, some interesting conversations along the way, great questions from everybody out there via Twitter. Um, we're going to keep all of that up going into next season. We'll, we'll hop back on here this offseason if anything noteworthy happens, but uh, for now, we'll be signing off. Uh, this is Arthur Staple, your Islanders writer from The Athletic. This is No Sleep Till Belmont your Islanders podcast from The Athletic. We've had a great year, and it's thanks to everybody out there listening, and uh, we'll be back again soon. Take care, everyone.